Welcome to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Hurley Brown. Family, family, we are here to get down with Hurley Brown live from Merritt Island, Florida. Today, I have two very distinguished guests. One you've heard from before, the other one is new to the show. Leon Searcy, Real Men Rock, my friend, my teammate, my homeboy, Animal Searcy. Leon Searcy was a first-round draft choice with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if unless you've been under a rock somewhere or out of the country, man, we got a whole lot to talk about with them Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend, don't we, Big Sirs? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Oh, ain't no, unfortunately. Man, come on, man. They were put to the test, and they stood true to the test. Still a nation rose to the occasion, baby. And then we have my homeboy, my man. I, I recruited this guy, and I'll never forget. Ryan, I'm going to tell it like it is. Ryan is a businessman portraying to be a football player. When Ryan came on his visit to the University of Miami, He's the only man that I've ever known to take pennies out of his penny loafers and put nickels in them. Ryan McNeil, the first pick of the Detroit Lions back in 1992. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing good. How you doing, Hurley? I'm, I'm good. I'm great, man. It's great to have you on the show, man. Me, me and Big Search, man, we've been doing this thing, and it, it's, a, it's a blast. Ryan, can you believe they gave your boy a radio spot? Hey, man, you know, you guys got a lot of knowledge, man. Y'all dropping knowledge. Man, I audience. tell you, and we, and we dropping it, too. Hey, Ryan, um, before we get going with the show, I need you to tell the people, tell our family what you've been doing, you know, and, and I, need, I need our family to know about that. So please, if you can, tell them exactly what you've been doing, when it's going to drop, and what, what we have to look forward to. Uh, so, uh, uh, so, so yeah, so I'll keep it short and sweet. So, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur, probably, like you said, since I stepped foot on campus. Um, but, you know, when I retired, one of the things I was trying to find is how do I combine my two passions, and that's sports and technology. And so my latest project does exactly that, called Sports ID. So think of Sports ID, Hurley, and uh, Leon as a, uh, the IMDB uh, for sports. It's a platform that allows profiles, profiles not just of athletes, but coaches, sports executives, brands, venues, uh, products, you name it. Uh, our goal is to quantify and qualify everything and everybody in the sports ecosystem. But our first product, you know, is something that's going to be useful for a lot of uh, young athletes and parents and coaches. Our first product is called Camp ID. And think of Camp ID as the Angie's List or the Yelp for sports camps. You know, my goal in, uh, is to get as many kids as possible involved in sports. Uh, sports changed my life. It changed your life. It changed uh, Leon's life as well. And so, you know, how do you do that? You know, you create, you know, systems and products that make it easy to navigate sports. You know, sports is a big industry, Hurley. It's a huge industry. And so my basic business philosophy is simple. 
you know, solve small problems for big markets. And sports is one of the biggest. And uh, finding a quality sports camp, uh, you know, is a small problem that, that we're aiming to solve. And we're looking to launch uh, in the next 45 days. I'll definitely keep you guys posted. Okay, cool. And when you launch, we're going to have you back on the show so you can tell us exactly how to get online and, and go find the best camps out there available for our kids. Because that's, that's what it's for. If I, if I, that, okay, well, that's what we're going to do. All right, well, we, that's Ryan McNeil, our friend. Uh, played with the Detroit Lions. Ryan, who else did you play for? Uh, <laughs> Detroit Lions, uh, St. Louis Rams. Uh, Dallas Cowboys and uh, San Diego Chargers. There are two teams oh, I played for that I don't put on my resume, but you know. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. You don't tell everybody everything. I mean, you're a humble dude, and we got that. We get it. We got it. Yeah. All American at the University of Miami. All American quarterback. First, first pick of the draft for the Detroit Lions. Welcome, Ryan McNeil, entrepreneur at heart. Okay, we were just talking about. Um, a couple of these games. Well, let's get into these games first. But this is a very interesting weekend for football. It was actually week four for football. And some of these teams, man, this was their first game in, in almost three weeks, right? University of Miami um, played Toledo. And like Leon said, he was the only one at the game. Darren Smith was there, but Darren's there every weekend. But the University of Miami hadn't played in really only had a week of practice in the last three weeks to prepare for this game. And in the first half, it showed, Leon. It, yeah, it, it, it showed. Yeah, it did, especially in the first half. You, you see the first half of the game. Um, we struggled defensively. Surprisingly, we struggled defensively in stopping Toledo's offense. I mean, I didn't know much about Toledo. I, was going, I went into the game thinking that this was going to be – uh, a clear and easy win for the University of Miami because I knew nothing about Toledo. But when I was at the game and they were up 16 to 10 at the halftime and I did some research on them, I realized that this team was averaging 44 points a game. I mean, so they were no slouch. And then the kid that's, 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 that's tearing up the NFL for the Kansas City Chiefs, the running back, that Kareem Hunt, I mean, he played at Toledo. I mean, right. so, I mean, they, they, you know, in their, in their own right, they were a pretty decent team. But you know, we us being a university of mind, we shouldn't have struggled with them. I mean, you could tell there was there was some layoff, especially defensively. Our DBs were getting beat like drums uh, the first half. They were giving up a lot of big plays. Uh, they were looking in the backfield when, when play action came, and uh, Toledo was giving it all to us. You know, in the first half. Now, offensively, we we did well. I think the, the running back Walter had a, he had over 115 yards rushing in the first half, and then he got hurt. And then it kind of slowed down. So in the first half, going into the game, we were down 16 to 10. But that's yeah. the great thing about, you know, um, you got to make halftime adjustments. And Miami made halftime adjustments in the second half. And ultimately, you know, we put up 42 points in the second half and ultimately won the game. But for a minute there, I was a little concerned about us because we were rusty. We didn't look, we didn't look efficient. But when it all boils down to it, you know, there's no way in the world we supposed to lost to Toledo. And we didn't. So it was a great win for us, 52 to 30. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I was up in um, Houston with FIU, with Bush Davis getting ready to play Rice, and we were going back and forth looking at the game on online. And at halftime, the guys were, I mean, they were getting after me. Man, it's 16-10. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold on, 16-10, okay. I'm, I'm thinking we're winning 16-10. Oh, no, coach. 
It's 1610. Toledo's up. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Hold on. What's going on? You know, so I'm starting to freak out. I'm like, hey, what, you know, what, what, what's happening? And, um, but it, it was, it, 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 ultimately, Miami won the game, and, and that's what you want. Mark Walton had a, a career day of, of 200 and, what do you have, 204 yards rushing the ball, and he missed half the game. Mm-hmm. You know, but then again, yeah, he missed half the game, Ryan. And, you know, the one thing that, that I looked at, and I, and I got, I have to give credit to um, Dr. Rosenberg in Florida International University. And my, I'm not going to take away anything from the University of Miami. But when when I got a chance to sit down and talk to Butch Friday, Coach Davis told me all the stuff that Dr. Rosenberg and Pete Garcia had done with FIU, getting them ready, not only just for the hurricane, but to take those kids and, and take them to safety, uh, a safe place. They actually flew... Almost 300 staff members and players, not just football players, but um, other athletes in, in the athletic department, to Birmingham, and to make sure that they were safe, and then to keep them on track, to keep them on. You know, and they, they ended up playing Alcorn State, which they were gonna play Alcorn State in Miami at FIU, but they ended up um, relocating the game and played the game up in Birmingham, Alabama at the University of Alabama, Birmingham State. And, you know, the, the, I guess, hospitality of the University of Alabama, Birmingham, from what I understand, was, was plush. It, it was first class. Ryan, they called, Coach, um, they called Pete Garcia, say, hey, look, we understand what's going on. Hey, you know, you're more than welcome to come and, and visit or, or come and use our facilities to get ready. And, and that was pretty cool, you know, for, for somebody to reach out to somebody. And But that's what those times, that's what happens. And you all know, we've been through a bunch of hurricanes. Ryan, you were there when y'all went through Hurricane Andrew. But to see the people step up and help each other out like that, that was pretty cool. Miami didn't do that. Miami's kids left. Miami got a, a bus of maybe 30 kids and took those 30 kids to Orlando and everybody else went home. And again, you know, I don't know which one is right or wrong, but it showed in that game. It, it showed tremendously in that game. And now we got Duke. We're playing Duke next week. And Duke's is no pushover now. Duke's got a pretty doggone well, good football team. Let me say this about, you know, how to handle the hurricane or pending hurricane and things like that. Like you said, you know, you don't know which one is right or wrong. And I don't think either is either. It's just different. Right. And I think that, you know, in some cases, when we were going through Hurricane Andrew, as soon as it was over, uh, I remember Coach Erickson, you know, let was letting us go and check on uh, our family because uh, most of us were from Florida. Uh, you know, namely uh, Mike Barrow and his mom down at Homestead, which got hit the worst. And so everybody was on pins and needles uh, with him just to stay in contact with him via cell phone. You know, cell phones weren't. As um, you know, the the, the 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 service wasn't as reliable as it is now, right? And uh, and he was worried about his mom. His mom, you know, like many of our moms, you know, was a little stubborn, didn't want to move, uh, didn't want to go to a shelter, go anywhere. And so, you know, everybody was like that. So right. I know uh, many of us left and went to check on, you know, our, our families and our friends, you know, in in, in the state. 
And so, you know, we had a, I think he gave us some time to come back, to go check on them and come back. And we went up to Vero Beach to um, practice and work out in, at uh, Dodger Town, which luckily for me is right next to Fort Pierce. Right. And so, um, you know, I was, uh, had to be kind of like the host, uh, you know, for those few days we were there, uh, you know, had, you know, uh, some home-cooked meals brought up uh, in addition to what we had at the training table at Dodgertown, you know, had the guys come uh, visit me with, in my church and stuff like that. So right. it's a right. matter of adjustment. But it kept everybody uh, together is, is, is what yeah. it did. And I remember that now. And ultimately, oh, you guys ended up playing for the national championship that year, didn't you? We did. We did. Yes, you did. Hey, now, we got to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to finish this up about University of Miami versus Toledo and what we think we should do in, in times of crisis like that with a hurricane. But we're going to take a break, and we'll come right back with Ryan McNeil, Leon Serson. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We're talking Western Ambush this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, taking a closer look at all the amazing big game hunting opportunities found in the Western states. Joining us is Jason Matzinger, host of Into High Country, Jill Gector from Cinch Jeans, Dean Capuano of Swarski Optic Quest, and Freddie Hartice of Hollywood Hunter. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is The Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. We're back, family. We are back with NFL greats Leon Searcy and Ryan McNeil. Sorry, we had a little technical difficulty because of Ryan McNeil and his entrepreneurial phones that he's using. So we're going to put that on you, Ryan. Sorry for the, the, the little time off that we took. But we're going to make up for it. All right? So University of Miami beats Toledo. And game of 16, 16-10 and a half. Toledo's up. Mark Walton has a career day. Okay, congratulations, Mark. Love you. Continue to do what you do. You are the epitome of a Miami hurricane. Miami plays Duke next week, and then we go to Florida State. Real quick, Ryan, what do you think? Um, uh, I kind of, you know, kind of going to reiterate and echo what 
uh, Leon said is that, uh, and you said about, you know, practice, you know, um, and one of the uh, most important groups, uh, offensive linemen, ironically, we got Leon on the phone in the secondary. And, you know, we need to be um, in sync and communicate. And so the big plays that happen uh, on, uh, on, on, on the last game against uh, Toledo, uh, guys weren't communicating. And so some guys were playing zone, some guys were playing man, and, and it cost us. And to your point about the practice schedule, so, you know, comes practice, come, come that, that, that familiarity with one another, and it uh, looks like they were changing uh, guys in and out uh, from being tired and things like that. But, you know, again, talent trumps a lot of that, and talent can get you out of trouble. And uh, those guys stuck together. I'm not, I don't know what we said during halftime, but it worked. And they came out and played a much better brand of football, uh, according to UM standards, and they won the game handily, as they should. Uh, I think that uh, we got to look at this as only the first game. Uh, I don't count Bethune-Cookman College or Bethune-Cookman University. Uh, no disrespect there, but, you know, they're not of our caliber. And so you got to look at Duke being our second game, and we've got to be prepared because Duke quarterback can run and pass, and, uh, and we haven't faced a quarterback quite like him just yet, and so we got to be ready. And I think if we do the things that we're supposed to do and communicate, uh, uh, I, I think we'll win the game. It may be close, uh, but we'll win the game, and uh, and then that's what we want right now to be three and zero. Leon, your thoughts? I I, I agree with Ryan. Um, <clears throat> uh, just being on the sideline at the game, I could tell uh, in the first half of the game uh, we were a little bit sluggish. Uh, there was a breakdown in communication, especially on the day. That's what was most surprising to me about the game is that our defense uh, struggled a bit and uh, because Toledo was running a lot of no-huddle, quick-tempo type of game. And for the first half of the game, the team seemed a little winded, a little tired, uh, a, a little out of their element. Um, but uh, like Ryan you know, um, referred to is that, you know, they made great halftime adjustments. And I could just tell in the second half, the guys came back, uh, you know, with a lot more enthusiasm, a lot more tenacity. The guys after the quarterback, there was a lot of breakdowns in the secondary when it came to the passes. And, and they, they kind of got themselves adjusted to the uh, you know, no-huddle or quick-tempo offense that Toledo was running. And then offensively, um, you know, the offensive line did a superb job, especially run blocking and pass protecting. The quarterback, uh, Rogier, seemed a very comfortable uh, in the pocket, uh, in the game, and uh, like Ryan said, this is this was game one. Uh, this is uh, the first game. Everything leads to us um, beating Duke, beating Florida State, uh, playing the the, the you know, Virginia Techs and the Georgia Techs of the world. This this is our season. This was our season opener, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and uh, for the most part, you know, I was in Miami a grade. I mean, in the first half, uh, it would be a C. In the second half, it would be an A. You know, so overall, I give Miami a B-plus in, in the game overall uh, because we did make halftime adjustments and we played a lot better, you know, down the stretch, putting up 52 points, scoring 42 points in the second half. All right. So, so I, I, got, I, I get it. But, but this is what I'm going to say. And um, we're just – Joined by Kelvin Harris. Kelvin, how you doing? All right. How's it going, Hurley? Good. Kelvin, I don't know if you heard Leon and 
and Ryan McNeil's synopsis of what, what transpired with the University of Miami and Toledo. But both of these guys, and these are our teammates now, both of these guys just said that that was, our, that was considered, the Toledo game was considered our first game, our first true test, because we don't count Bethune-Cookman. Okay, now, I'm going to play devil's advocate right here on this one because Toledo shouldn't even be considered our first game. That's a warm-up game. What, what, what has the expectation gone with our fellow Hurricanes, Calvin? What are we saying by saying Toledo is considered our first game? Come on, man. This is going to be our first game. The reason why it's considered it our first game is because, one, they, uh, they didn't get a chance to practice for nine days. And, you know, they were, um, you know, they were emotionally distraught because of the hurricane. And they were out of, out of shape, you know, so it took a All right, all right. But, yeah, all right, all right, all right. We're going to come up with all these excuses. But I tell you what, man, and there's no way that when we were playing, we would have considered, I don't care what, what we did. Man, talent is talent. But Hurley, man, come on. Nah, man, I don't, nah, I don't know. I'm, I'm all discombobulated. Yeah, Hurley, right Hurley, Hurley, hold on, hold on for a second, guys. Hurley, you're the guy in, in your office. You told me, hey, man, these kids are different from us. That came out of your mouth. In your office, hey, man, you ain't supposed to tell nobody that. <laughs> 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 hey, that's supposed to be our little secret, Kelvin. But anyway, yeah, all right, I get it. So... Enough of Miami and Toledo. The University of Florida Ooh. against Lamar Thomas in the University of Kentucky. 28 to 27. The University of Kentucky arguably should have won the game handily. The defensive coordinator should be, should be forced to have walked back to Lexington after that, that ridiculous display. Did you see the game, Ryan? I did not. I did not. Oh, I just man. saw some highlights from Yeah. Oh, man. You know, they, um, first, the University of Florida had two big plays. Actually, one touchdown, wasn't it, Kevin? On two. miscommunication. Kentucky doesn't even line up on the receiver. Twice. Twice. Not once. Twice. I mean, Hurley, this is worse than when Ryan left them to uh, receive some BYU wide open. And man, uh oh, won the Heisman for Ty Dutton. Oh wow! <laughs> wow! Man, that 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 yeah, hey, man, Florida, Florida ended up winning the game. But come on, man. And, and again, it goes back to the University of Florida with all the resources. And and I, I've been over to the University of Florida. And I'm talking in the last six, seven months. If you haven't been, you have to go. You have to go and see the environment that that campus, or that football team, brings to that campus. Dude, I'm talking, I went to the spring game, Leon. There's 50,000 people in the stadium for the spring game. And you mean to tell me you, you got to compete with the University of Kentucky? That's a basketball school. That ain't no football school. I don't care how, how, how good a coach Mark Stoops is. That, 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 not that, that shouldn't have happened. The game should have been close. And Florida should have lost that game. Well, to be honest with you, 
Kentucky might have better talent offensively. What? Do you hear that, Ryan McNeil? Yeah, I, 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 I hear, and 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 and, and, and this is what <clears throat> yeah we always you always have those games throughout the season, sometimes early, more more than likely early, uh, rather late, but you always have that one or two games that's your wake up call game, and this was the wake up call game for University of Florida, and you know like you said, the University of Kentucky got away with uh, I mean University of Florida got away with a win. And it's unfortunate for University of Kentucky because that would have put them on the map, right? Everybody's trying to fight for a seat at the table. And the SEC yeah. is, uh, you know, you got the big boys that's going to be there perennially year in and year out. Alabama, uh, Auburn, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the big boys going to be there every, every year in and year out. But Kentucky's still trying to fight for a seat at the big table. And for right. us... Uh, well, you know, we be quite, on, we, we, be quite honest with you. We got to fight for the seat at the big table uh, for for ourselves now because uh, we we've been blanket. You know, we've been at the little table for the last ten years. So uh, yeah, we've been. So now, hey, you know, hey, hold that thought, Ryan. We'll finish that. We got to take a break for a second, but when we get back, okay. family, we're going to continue to talk about the seat at the big table. We're going to take this break. We'll be right back with the get down with Hurley Brown. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, I'm here. I'm here with my boys, my aces, my dogs. Leon Cersei, first round draft choice for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
all pro. At one point in time, Leon was the highest paid. Y'all don't hear me. The highest paid offensive lineman in the history of the NFL. Pro Bowl. Super Bowl. What? Y'all went to the Super Bowl, right, sir? But you didn't win it. Yeah, we lost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a little upset about that. Go ahead. All right, all right. But, you, but you made it. A lot of us never even got it, right? That's right. Ryan McNeil. The Detroit Lions. Ryan, what, what do you play for? 13 years, Ryan? 12. <clears throat> 12 years in the National Football League for Fort Pierce, Florida. And then Kelvin, my main man, my co-host, Kelvin, the snasty man, Harris. Ryan, that wasn't cool. You're talking about the man living up under a bridge. That wasn't right. But we boys, so we can hey. talk like that. And family, since we family, hey. we get a chance to hang call, out and talk noise to each other. As a caller, how I see him, man. I hear you, brother. I go, I go pick up uh, Kelvin. Every time I drop him off, he asks me to drop him off at the corner. And not in front of a resident. Wow. Wow. Oh, we, we were talking about the University of Florida, the University of Kentucky, and actually getting you know, teams that are looking to get at the big t- to, to come to the big table, to win enough games to be recognized. Now, not only did the University of Kentucky put Florida in a position of where they had to fight to win that game, um, North Carolina State beat Florida State. So are we saying North Carolina State should now be a topic of discussion at the big table? Are they ready no, no, for no, that no, now? No, 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 Hey, hey, don't, don't, don't get ahead of yourself. What we're saying right. is that North Carolina State made a statement. Now, if they continue to do that throughout the season, they do that next year, then they'll have a place at the big boy table. Right now, in the ACC, the head of the table is Clemson. Even the University of Miami, we're fighting to get our – Rifles place at the big at the big person table. Exactly. We're yes, the we are. Yeah, we are. I get that. Hey, if this I is agree. a restaurant, Miami's the maitre d'. We ain't at the table yet. I mean, it's no. good to be uh-huh. it's good to be in the in the restaurant, but we ain't at the big table. Like Ryan said, Clifton is clicking on all cylinders. They've got a front seven as one of the best in the country, and that young quarterback looks outstanding. Now they struggled a bit against Boston College when I was watching the game. I mean, they was only up fourteen to seven you know, going into the fourth quarter, but they turned it on and eventually won by, you know, four touchdowns in the end. But I agree Clemson is at the big boys' table and everybody wants to see. Yeah, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. And, hey, what what about Oregon? Now, Oregon just lost. They're not, they're not ready yet, but I'm going to say this. I'm going I'm to I'm throw something controversial out there. One, one, uh, Clemson is not only the head of um, the ACC, they're the head. Like, you know, up up and down, they got more. They, their, their roster is more talented than Bama's. Number two, right now, if we figure out our secondary, our starting 22 is as good or better as their starting 20. And hold up. Let me make it a triple. Jim McElwain's job won't be on the line before the season's over with because I looked at their schedule last night. They got a couple of games that they don't win. They're going to be looking for a new head coach. All right, guys. So this is the bridge talking, family. But that's okay. We'll take the bridge. All right? Yo. Hey, hey. Yeah. Those schedules. Florida, yeah. Florida's going to win the SEC East. No, they're not. Georgia's going to win. Well, yeah, you, ah, you, ah, man, you're right. I forgot about Georgia. I forgot about Georgia. But let's go back to Clifford for just a second. We got to get in. We got to. We got to get on that elephant. All right. 
this kid Bryant may better may, may very well be better than Deshaun Watson. No, he's a he's a better athlete. He's a lot faster than Deshaun. And I remember Dabo Sweeney telling somebody, "Hey, don't worry about it. You know, when when Deshaun leaves, we're gonna be okay." They saw something. They knew what everybody else didn't know. This kid, especially Leon, the quarterback at Clemson University, is special. This kid is going to be a force to be reckoned with. I, I seen the kid. He's special. He's very, very versatile. He's got a good arm. But to even compare him to Deshaun Watson right now is crazy. I mean, oh, Deshaun, on, it's man. crazy, HB. Come on now. Oh, it's man, I'm telling you, this kid is special. He's special. He's going to be as special as he wants to be. But you, got, you just think about what, what Deshaun Watson did to Clemson, how he elevated that into the elite status. Before Deshaun Watson, Clemson was considered a middle of the, middle of the uh, group team. You know, you're talking about a uh, uh, finished top top 15 type of team. But Deshaun Watson got to Clemson. He elevated Clemson to the elite status, compete against uh, Alabama two times in the national championship game. And then what, what Deshaun Watson has done in the NFL, I mean, I don't know if you saw that game with the Houston Texans against the Patriots, but he went toe-to-toe with the, with the great Tom Brady and almost pulled it off. He's cool. He's calm. He's got a good arm. He doesn't make mistakes. He knows when to run, knows when to scramble. He's going to be a very talented kid. Now, don't get me wrong. I saw the kid at Clemson. He's played very well in his first two games. But, I mean, Deshaun Watson took Clemson to the elite. Now, this kid can help to maintain it, then he's done something. Man, Deshaun Watson got us fired. So, if anybody knows anything about Deshaun Watson, it's Hurley Brown. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, they ain't beat us 53 to nothing. In that same game, Hurley, so I think I think I probably even told you this. I know Kevin and I probably talked about it because uh, I think he came out early in the first half. And then uh, the, uh, the the backup, Bryant, came in. And so yes. I was more impressed with him then. And that was, what, two years ago? Uh, I was yeah. more impressed with him then than Deshaun Watson. I was like, who is this kid? And then they had another third quarterback come in. Uh, and do well too, but uh, I remember him specifically because it's like, man, they still got him in there. And then I had to do a double take and realize that it wasn't Deshaun Watson; it was Bryant. Right, right. Well, uh, look, so, 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 so the kid is going to be special. We can't spend all day on, on on Clemson, but we were talking about Florida State, North Carolina State. Now, Derwin James got beat by my homeboy, Jacoby Myers. And I consider Derwin James to be one of the best defenders in, in college football. But mm-hmm. North Carolina State came, I mean, hey, man, they, they did what they had to do to beat a team. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, hey, they lost a the quarterback. DeAndre Francois is not playing. Blackman had to start. But Blackman didn't look bad. No, he didn't. Well, no. well, well <clears throat> go, go ahead, Kevin. I, 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 go ahead, Kevin. Well, listen. Listen, I, I talked to some of my uh, FSU alumni brethren, and, you know, they still have a split over there. They're still probably talking uh, loyalists who were at least over one. Kevin, you're breaking up on us real bad. The problem they have is there is no Dalvin Cook. Of course. There's no run game. Well, and then deeper than that, 
their offensive line is atrocious. And, you know, um, DeAndre Francois, I thought, was an extremely good quarterback. They just didn't protect him. But the reality that's coming down to Florida State now is Dalvin Cook was that special player that comes to your school once in a generation, and they don't have a replacement. And now Jimbo Fisher's pride is hurting that team because he should have been, you know, Leon, let's talk about this. They should have been chipping um, Bradley Chubb and, and, and Roseboro and those uh, other defensive ends. They should have been doing something to help those linemen. Um, he should have been throwing shorter passes to get that kid more confidence. By the way, that kid throws the ball extremely well. And the reality is the defense let him down. 27. I don't know if they can fix because they don't have a wide out. Arden Tate might be out for the season. Yeah, I saw that. Well, well, let me say this. Uh, and, Kevin, you need a better, better phone service, man. I don't know what you got, but you need a better phone service. Let me say that first and foremost. Secondly, number nine played in the inside, too, just in case they tried to chip him. And he's a beast. Uh, and, and he played extremely well. And, and, and second thing, a third thing is Florida State uh, went through the same thing Miami did. They didn't play games <clears throat> for uh, two or three weeks. Yeah, at, for, the, at least two. The, the, at least two. The, 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 yeah, the, the rustiness, you can see the rustiness of uh, that defense. And, you know, that's their hallmark. And going back to uh, uh, James, it's like it was almost as if he was thinking he was in practice, right? You know, because he was, you know, in, in, in step with the guy. But then it's like I need to knock the ball down, I need to tackle him, I need to do something to disrupt him. And he didn't do that. He was just running. And 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 you know Hurley as well as I do. And then back there in the secondary, you don't get them opportunities to do do overs. You right. You got. You right. And and, and and now that guy, that guy can say, hey, I beat, I beat the best, the best. Uh, back in the country. Yeah. And Derwin James is arguably one of the best defenders in the country. Exactly. Now, and Jacoby Myers from Atlanta, Georgia, the homeboy son, beat him for 71 yards. 71 yard touchdown. End up flipping in the end zone. Come on, Jacoby, we don't need to do all that. Let's just score and get on about our business. Now, we talked about not having Dalvin Cook, but look at the two running backs they've had over the stretch of the last six, maybe seven years. You had Dalvin Cook. Then you had Devontae Freeman before that. Devontae Freeman. Yep, yep. And they don't have that running game right now. No, they don't. They don't have it. They don't have it. Hey, we only got, we only got about 10 minutes left in the show. And I kind of didn't want to do this. But we almost have to, especially now with all everything that's going on. Ryan, you guys, you know, I'm a football guy. I love football. All I want to talk about is football. But there's something that's going on in our country right now that's bigger than football. And it's the statement that Donald Trump made to the guys in the National Football League. So I got three guys right here with me that have played in the National Football League. I want you guys as take on, on, on every, especially Leon. Leon, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers made a statement. They, they decided they were not going to come out of the locker room for the national anthem. Now, one guy came out and they, you know, again, we all have the right to choose 
But Leon, I want I want you to express to the family your thoughts on this whole deal. And everybody knows, you know, let, let me just just reiterate what's going on. Donald Trump came out in his speech in Alabama and what he said, and I quote, I wish that if anyone, if any one of the NFL players were to kneel during the national anthem again, that these owners should fire them. And if there is any SOB that kneels, he should be fired. And he went on with this whole deal. And it took me back to his reality show when he's standing, he's sitting at the, at, at, at the front of the table, you're fired. I mean, come on, man. That's, you're the president of the United States of America. Who talks like that? So, Leon, the Steelers made a, they made a stand. What is your take on this whole deal? Well, for, first and foremost, you got to understand what the president of the United States, uh, everything is tactical. So it, it is, it's not surprising to me that he made such a statement in Hudson, Alabama, because he wants to be the, the, the divisive. He wants the country to be divisive. You know, Alabama has had a rich history of segregation and lynchings and bombings and racial discrimination and injustice for black people for a very, very long time. So let's go first and foremost, let's just say that the president is very tactical in where he said what he said because he, he wants that group of people on his side. And, and from the speech, you could tell that he was not, his attack was not on the NFL, so to say, but he, his attack was on African-American athletes who he feels should be grateful that they're allowed to make the kind of money that they make in the NFL. So let's, let's just put that first and foremost on the table. Secondly, I, I look at the demonstrations or the protests that were made uh, by the NFL players like uh, it's about time. It's about time. It took... It took Donald Trump calling them a bunch of SOBs for them to actually take a stand. Colin Kaepernick did this over 14 months ago. They lost. They lost. They lost. They lost. Everything that they're talking about has to. They're talking about the national anthem and the flag. But see, to me, it's lost its validity, so to say, because all Colin Kaepernick was really doing, first and foremost, was bringing attention to the injustice, the injustice and the racial, uh, the racial injustice of black and brown men, unarmed black and brown men being murdered um, at, at, at an alarming rate in the United States of America. And then they turned it into the military, then they turned it into the flag, then they turned it into the national anthem. Now, what the players did to are is to be commended. Uh, I was very surprised by a lot of owners who represented, well, didn't represent, but who made uh, financial um, um, contributions. obligations to the inauguration of, of Donald Trump. I was very surprised by a lot, of, especially Jerry Jones last night, uh, you know, the whole team taking a knee like, because, I mean, he blatantly uh, came out and made a statement saying that if anybody on his team that didn't uh, stand for the national anthem, that they would be kicked off the team. So I was very surprised by the Cowboys doing what they did yesterday. But I just think the whole message has lost its purpose, in a sense. And I think the president is doing exactly what he wants to do as far as keeping this country divisive and between racial lines. And I think it's unfortunate. I think when you have the leader of the, you know, the, leader of the free world making those kinds of statements, about professional athletes, uh, I think it's saddening, it's sickening, and it's, it's terrible for what this country has come to, where we've got the president 
actually stating these kind of statements that are very divisive around, among racial lines. But it, but people shouldn't be surprised because the whole campaign was built around that. So I'm not surprised by what he said. Um, I, you know, and, and this racial issue has gone on for a very long time. So uh, I'm just very I'm proud of, of some of some of the players. That, that's that you know that took a lead knee, um, but um, uh, this is an ongoing process that America's going to have to address because we still got major issues when it comes to race. Okay, Ryan. And again, you um, played in the National Football League for a long time. You were in those locker rooms. What's your take on this whole deal? So uh, you know, my take is 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 that you know we should stop trying to figure out the things that uh, the gentleman in the White House is saying, right? And like Leon said, it's tactical, um, and I think it's tactical for a different reason. One, you're trying to shift the attention on what's going on in his, uh, in his administration, right? I mean, there's a whole lot of things going on. They're trying to pass the repeal the health care <clears throat> uh, bill. Uh, they're trying to create a new tax uh, try to create new tax laws. You know, they're in invest- there's investigation, a Senate, uh, a, a congressional, and a federal investigation into uh, the campaign and campaign associates and things like that. So there's a lot going on, right? And so right. he was in Alabama for a, uh, a, a pep rally and fundraiser for uh, a Senate uh, candidate. And so you got to understand the method to the madness. He's been spewing red meat, uh, dog whistles, whatever you want to call it, uh, for the last two years. And it's hard to, to undo that. And, and what a lot of commentators and prognosticators and analysts have realized is that you know, he likes that atmosphere. You know, he right. feeds off that atmosphere. And so uh, in order to get that atmosphere, it's almost like a concert. In order to get the the audience to that fervor and to that moment, you got to give them something. Right. Either you got to have a hype man, you got to have a nice opening act. So when the main act comes, uh, everybody is, is ready to go, and and and, and that's kind of what he did. And uh, I think it's almost habit now, right? Sometimes you forget what you say, how you say it. Uh, you know, that wasn't the teleprompter president that. That, that was there. That was him off the cuff. <clears throat> and so I'll say, I'll say this. And so I, 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 I'm, I'm happy that the professional athletes, not just the football players in the NFL, not just the owners in the NFL, but athletes all around the major sports, uh, baseball, uh, basketball. Uh, I love that LeBron James uh, stood up for Steph Curry almost immediately. Right. And he did so, uh, on Twitter, but he did so in a video. Why was the video important? The video is important because you can see his face. You know it's uh, him. And you can hear his voice. You right. know it's him. You, right. you, you can visually see that. So there's right. no equivocations about was it him, was it his PR person, uh, you know, was it, uh, it, was this, it wasn't a blank statement. It was him. Right. And so that's important. Because right. now, hey, now, I, I got to cut you off. I know you got a lot to say, but we, we, we got we to gotta go. That's the show. Uh, family, I mean, I cannot thank you guys enough for listening in today. Next week, we, when we come back, 
again, we're going to talk about Miami and Duke. We're going to talk about Florida State and Wake Forest. We're going to talk about the University of Florida. Hey, we're going to, and I didn't get a chance to talk about my, my Washington Red, uh, the my Oakland Raiders with the Washington Redskins. I'm heartbroken, Leon. I don't know what to do. I'm crying inside. But that's the show for today. Guys, stay tuned. Ray Ellis Sports is next. Thank you, Ryan McNeil, Leon Cersei, Kelvin Harris with that, that Metro phone. Thank you for calling in. <laughs> Again, get out, for, yeah, get out from underneath that bridge. That's the show for today. Next week, same place, same time to get down with Hurley Brown. Thanks for tuning in to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week.